0: Gracious God, help us to follow your way of the cross, which is the way of life. Amen. Holy Week is a week for contemplation. This is a time when followers of Jesus reimmerse ourselves in the story of the salvation of the world. This week, we spend more time in church, more time at prayer, more time in fasting, so that we are ready to receive with joys Easter morning when it arrives. If you've never done a full Holy Week, I invite and urge you to do as much as you can this year. We have liturgies every day of the week. And to be clear, we don't have to. We could do just Monday, Thursday, one on Good Friday, and then jump right to Easter Sunday. A lot of churches will do just that. But the reason why the Altar Guild gives themselves to so much extra setup and cleanup this week, the reason why our choir is working on so much additional music, the reason why Stephen is practicing extra organ pieces, the reason why we use a month's worth of acolytes in one week, The reason why Caroline produces so many bulletins, the reason why I write nine sermons for this week is that we have come and seen the gift of contemplating the grace, mercy, and love of Holy Week. Holy Week demands our full attention. And when we focus on the story of this week, we are assured of that peace which passes all understanding of a forgiveness that covers all our sins, of a love that is working to make all things well. This Holy Week, come and see and contemplate. And that's exactly what St. Paul commends us to do in the reading from Philippians, when he writes, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. St. Paul is not telling us what to do, or how to pray, or even what to believe instead he's telling us what to fix our minds upon what to think about let our minds be aligned with christ in his holy pattern of being emptied humbled and crucified contemplate these things because this is the beating heart of holy week the passage we heard from philippians is widely considered to be a creed or a hymn of the earliest church. We think that the letter to the Philippians was written in the year 60, so this hymn is even older than that. It gives us an insight into what the followers of Jesus thought and proclaimed in the decades after his death, resurrection, and ascension. And as is clear in the hymn, the cross was a central part of the story of Jesus. The cross was something the early church spent a lot of time contemplating. Because the cross shows us the depths of God's love, the foundation of our hope, and the grain of the universe. And so this week, following this example, the sermons are all going to be contemplations of the cross. And it begins on Palm Sunday, which is a full day, both scripturally and liturgically, so I will be brief. Now, when I and others say that the cross is the grain of the universe, I mean that it shows us the direction and the orientation of God's plan for creation. It shows us the essence of what life is all about. It gives us a direction to go in. And what we see in both this Christ hymn from Philippians and throughout the readings today is that the grain of the cross is one of humility. Now, humility might be one of the most confusing of all the virtues, because when we try to pursue humility, we become less humble. As one person has said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. And so that means humility is not something that we can cultivate. Rather, it's the byproduct of something else. And that something else Is nearness to God. Now, the word humility, it comes from a word that means dirt or earth. That layer of nutrient rich and dark soil is called humus. It's down low, fueled by the death and decomposition of living things. And it's the best soil to grow something in. Again, this is why we say that the cross is the grain of the universe. These truths are baked into the very nature of reality. Humility is not about thinking that we're nothing special or just saying "oh shucks anytime someone pays you a compliment. No humility is about remembering that truth that we began Lent with on Ash Wednesday. That we are dust and to dust we shall return. Humility is about knowing and embracing the limits of our humanity instead of trying to fight them. Humility is trusting that we were created by the love of God, for the love of God, and that the love of God will be our final rest. Humility is about being with the lowly and the overlooked, not in the sense that we think we can go save them and do something for them, but rather that in the scheme of all things to recognize that we are all lowly and we all need a savior. Humility is never something to achieve or obtain, It comes when we follow the example of the cross of Christ. We empty ourselves so that we might be filled by God's glorious grace. And we see this pattern of emptying and humility throughout the Palm Sunday readings. As Jesus enters the city, he does so not on a war horse, not flanked by warriors in armor, not in a royal procession, but rather he comes in on a donkey in a makeshift parade with the sort of societal rejects that Jesus spent his life with as they throw their cloaks and branches on the road. And they shout out not royal victory propaganda, but Psalm 118. Jesus enters the holy city of Jerusalem, not as a warrior, but as one who will be mocked, beaten, and executed by the end of the week and as the philippian hymn suggests this was no accident he chose to empty himself because he's showing us that god's ways are not our ways or as isaiah describes it jesus has set his face like flint because he trusts that god's power of love is stronger than anything he will face this week now jesus parade has a destination as we heard in the second gospel reading he goes to the temple and provokes a crisis. When he's there, he heals the lowly, the blind and the lame. And notice that it was not the adults. It was not the experts, not those with authority who recognized the salvation of God that was unfolding right in front of their eyes. It was the children who sang, Hosanna to the son of David. The truths of God are so hard to see from the top floor condo, from the luxury suites, from the top step of the metal podium. Jesus spent his time in humility with the lowly, which signals to us where we will find him in our lives. Jesus is not most readily found on our resumes or in our bank accounts or our accomplishments but in those places where we are broken, needy, and uncertain. But if we avoid going to those places, well, we might find that by the end of the week, we are the ones shouting crucify, because we'd rather be on the up and up than down low in those places of humility. And on Palm Sunday, we get an extra reading. Later in the liturgy, we will have the short version of the Passion read as we head into Holy Week. It puts the cross at the very center of the week to guide our contemplation. And on Good Friday, I will have much more to say about that. But that same through line of humility and lowliness can be seen. Who could have ever imagined that God's salvation would look like that? As inconceivable as it is that the creator of all time and space took on our flesh and was born of a woman, how much even more absurd it is that when God came to us that we rejected him and that he gave himself to being spat upon, mocked, scourged, and crucified as a criminal. Being itself is poured out and emptied in Jesus, And if that image of Jesus on the cross is the depiction of what love and salvation look like, well, that calls into question everything else about how we prioritize and categorize the world. The cross of Jesus is about the radical shifting of everything that we assume and take for granted about power and strength and authority The cross is about trusting God, which means that we do not put our trust in the might of horses or of our works or the vigor of our beliefs. The cross is about Jesus' pattern of humility and emptying so that there is room to be filled with God's abundant, amazing, and redeeming grace. This Holy Week, keep your eye on the cross for it is the way of life and peace.